0: This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, guiding leaders to higher ground. Learn more at marketplacerock.com.
1: I believe that business and in life, everything starts with uh, your vision or what matters most to you. Habakkuk says to seek for the vision diligently. And then when you get it, write it down so that it will not hasten to come. And so, a lot of what I've seen in business is that business owners, they start with a vision that they think they, uh, that's important to them, but what I do is I help people um, connect why they care about what they care about to the experiences that they've gone through in life.
0: Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest. Nora Abel. Now, Nora tells her story in a minute, but my partner John Ramstead found out about Nora through her workshops in the Denver area that help you to rediscover your purpose and unique contribution that only you can bring to the world. Then from that place, you can learn how to increase revenue and create a culture of honor that enables you to make a greater impact around you. John's a big fan, and here's how we got that conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership.
2: Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, I'm excited to introduce all of you to Nora Abel. Nora, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, John, for having me.
2: Now, I was introduced to Nora by one of my great friends. Um, and Nora, you, have just, you just described it. You've just been on this lifelong journey to just help people see the greatness within, uh, within themselves, connect to that, uh, and then how do they bring that out into this world? And uh, you, you I know you've just done incredible work in the lives of people that I'm very close to. And it's made just uh, an eternal difference uh, in just who they are, what they do, and this legacy that they're going to leave someday when they're no longer here. So um, so excited to have you on. Now, what we always do when we start, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about your background and have people get to know you before we really get in and just talk about Um, you know, how you help people find that greatness within and why that is such a passion of yours.
1: Well, uh, my background is a lot of what I, why I do what I do. Um, I think that in my work, I do a lot of helping people understand the experiences that they went through and how God uses it um, in, you know, creating their purpose and the mission that they were put on here on earth to to, uh, to do. So my background is uh, a lot of who I am and why I do what I do. So I'm from a family of eight brothers and sisters and I'm the second to the last of the eight uh, brothers and sisters.
2: Was it a farming family?
1: Oh yeah. Yep. We were farmers. My dad was a farmer. Um, And we were really a really close family. We're, we, we still are today, all eight of us. Uh, We, we get together at least once or twice a year as the eight and um, yeah, really close, close brothers and sisters. You know my my life journey kind of began where the uh, um, as I mentioned to you before was that when my mom and dad uh, they kind of went through the charismatic movement um, they were Catholic they uh, at eight when I was eight years old decided to bring in a foster brother and um, as, as if the house wasn't crowded enough with eight brothers and sisters. Uh, We took in a very, very dysfunctional foster brother who was about three years younger than me. And so my life was um, a little bit kind of like, do you see and hear me in the midst of eight brothers and sisters? But when the foster brother came, I literally disappeared. So uh, uh, most of my life growing up in the family of eight and this foster brother was a lot of, hey, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you even know what's unique about me or who I am? Um, And I, uh, that was my voice most of my growing up years. And so to this day, that's what I help people do is really be seen and heard and understand their, you know, the unique contribution that God put them on this um, earth to accomplish for the kingdom of God.
2: Uh, And I know we were talking before we started recording about that verse that God gave me at, at my accident, you know, about all things working together for good for those that love the Lord. And I know that there's been signif- some, also in your life, some significant ups and downs, probably some times where it was really hard to to see that as you were going through some things. Do you mind maybe sharing some of those points along the journey for you?
1: Sure. Well, uh, again, I, I really believe in that God gives our pain purpose. Um, if we really uh, can look at it and embrace it, Uh, then it it just doesn't have the negative power over us. And so, um, you know, not being, not being seen and heard in, in a a kind of a chaotic environment like that. I, I kind of walked that out in my, uh, my adult years as well. And just had a couple of marriages with, with men who just really were not able to see and hear me. And, um, uh, not Not really knowing that this was kind of like the thing that limited me, but the thing that God used as well and so the the last one was six about six years ago i had I was a single parent with for my daughter I was divorced when she was five, and then I met the Lord right after we got divorced and uh, thank God because He came just in time and uh, my daughter was the the gift that you know a sinner like me at that point in time should never have been gifted with, but mm-hmm. became the greatest blessing in my life. Um, and so I raised my daughter for <clears throat> I was a single mom for about 13 years before she graduated and, and left uh, to go to LA. And so those those years were precious to me. I worked a lot with the youth. I worked a lot with the youth, being helping them be seen and heard, and understanding their unique, you know, who they were uniquely, and uh, that sort of thing. But when she uh, graduated, it I she was my world, and so I kind of went into a relationship. Um, and got married three months later after she left to a gentleman. Um, and we were married for three years. And again, it was not knowing what I was really put here on earth for. I went through a, a, a really uh two years of just uh, trials and challenges that challenged my faith like no other. So he, um, he was an attorney, he sat me down one night over dinner, wasn't even prepared, and said, I don't want to be married anymore. He had never been married when I met him. Um, he handed me divorce papers uh, uh, with an airline ticket. He had called my daughter and my son-in-law and told, me, told him that he was sending me to, um, to them because he hadn't told me. So the next day, I was on an airplane, um, divorced. He was part owner of my company went bankrupt two weeks later, two weeks after that, my dad died um, about a year after that, my mom died and uh it was a pretty rough time.
2: Well I can hear that emotion in your voice nora the from you know from that low point that was definitely a low point. How did you move forward?
1: well, you know it was really interesting because. Uh, About a year after that, uh, I got diagnosed with uh, cancer and uh, had part of my kidney removed. And, you know, I was really struggling just to keep my faith in it all and wondering where the heck God was and did he hear or did he see me, Uh, which obviously is what I do for a living. And in the midst of all of this, um, my ex-husband was killed in a plane crash as well. And I remember one one day that I just d- just said, you know, I have been holding on by a thread that you see and hear me, God, but I believe that you do. And uh, it was from that point on that everything changed. Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm I started a business with um, a, a, my business partner, who's now gone on to do greater, bigger things, and we started this business that I'm in. Uh, and God just restored. Uh, all the fortunes. My husband had forgot to cancel an insurance policy, um, when he was killed. And so everything that I lost in the divorce that he put in his name, God restored to me in one flat moment, um, financially. And so it just was that moment. I remember that night that I said, you know what, I may not see that you see and hear me and and I may not feel that you're with me, but you know what you are. And it just, everything changed for me.
2: You know, that's you described hanging on by a thread, but then you made a choice, Nora. It was a very conscious choice, and I think so many people, you know, that I get to talk to, even going through what's happened to our family in the last four years, you're at that point sometimes where, boy, making that choice is—it uh, seems like that's a hard choice to make. Uh, how do you? Wh- what do you share with people that are at that exact same place?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what I've learned in the last five years is just the, how important a yes is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have, to f- we have to figure out how to do the yes to God. We have to figure out how to make the choice for God when really that's not what it is about. It's just about going, I choose, and then God meets you at your choice. It, it's not I choose and I got to figure it out. It's just I choose. And he he meets you there, and um, uh, I've learned that 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 how powerful is just a yes. Like Lord, you yes, I say yes to whatever you're doing. You know, Lord, I I say yes to where I am and what you want to do with all this. And man, he those choices become the pathway to what God has for us in our life.
2: So this wasn't about figuring everything out, trying to get perfect clarity. You started first with just saying there is something there i don't see it but i'm just going to choose to be in this partnership this relationship
1: yeah and at the time that all this was i mean in the 2 year period of time where i just got slammed and didn't even I didn't even know my name i was living in the basement with a wonderful friend of mine um it i i think it was at that point that i uh, that it was just enough to hold my faith um, mm-hmm. that that was just enough uh, and i think that um Um, the figuring out when there is no way to figure it out, you really realize that you don't have to figure it out to begin with. We really don't know. I mean, I love that question that was asked to fortune 500 companies. What's the one thing you're most afraid of? And the resounding answer was, I'm afraid that people will find out. I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) you know, and I, and I, quite frankly, I don't think any of us do. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. I mean, we, we we figure it out with God as we go, and um, we're not promised tomorrow. We can we try can't try to unravel or figure out why some people go through what they do and why others don't. Um, but the, the the surrendered heart to God is, I think, what what really makes it uh, a life worth living.
2: Now you have you have gone through this whole process, and you have really connected. You know, as I have, I believe. Uh, and it's taken me a long time to get there, but really to what that, you know, awareness of, you know, how God created you, how God wired you and what you're meant to do with that. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about that process for you. Um, but, and then we can talk about how you do that for others.
1: Well, quite frankly, when I got saved, uh, 30 some years ago, 28 years ago, uh, I had, I met this woman who was doing, um, a business Bible study in the tech center, and it was at that point it was kind of unheard of. Uh, but she, 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 she wasn't this, but she called herself like a bullseye coach, and she was saying that that there's this bullseye that God created us each to have this unique thing. And I remember thinking, I didn't even know there was a target. I, I didn't even know, you know, I'm not even shooting for the, the bullseye because I didn't know where there was target. And so all my for the last thirty years since I've really met the Lord, I just have said to him, um, I want to not only know you, but how did you create me? So I've been kind of watching that common thread in my life for the last 30 years of just kind of watching like, okay, well, yeah, that's, I've done that over and over and that's where I get passionate and that's where I see this, the greatest fruit. And so I've just been a student of it, I think.
2: So, share more about what you're doing today and, and what, what your company is.
1: So my company, uh, uh, I do uh, workshops, group workshops, as well as, uh, individual private workshops. Um, and the whole concept of it is, um, that I, you know, if you look at, if you look at Joseph or Esther or David, um, their, their lives were not void of trials. And, uh, and I, I really believe in, in my workshops, what I kind of help do is I, I believe that business and in life, everything starts with uh, your vision or what matters most to you. Habakkuk says you know, to, write the, the, to seek for the vision diligently. And then when you get it, write it down so that it will not tarry, it will not hasten to come. And so, a lot of what I what I've seen in business is that business owners don't they 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 start with a vision that they think they uh, that's important to them. But what I do is I help people um, connect why they care about what they care about to the experiences that they've gone through in life. And so I I always say you know did Joseph know when he was in the pit or when he was in the prison or when he was serving Potiphar's uh, serving Potiphar did he did he know that this was all to prepare him for the palace, um, and I like to think that what I do in my workshops is I'm the guy that's that's right outside the palace with Joseph and said, "Hey Joseph, let's look back on your life, and and let's see what God's prepared you for, so you know how to rule and reign with a greater authority and a greater understanding of what that is." Uh, and so that's that's one of the things I do is I do the uh, to a uh, work to to help you. Uh, really connect so that not only do you give your pain purpose, but you can really walk out of that pain and not let it hold you in resentment or bitterness, but you can go, wow. And you can look back and thank it. Thanks, Thank you for the experience. I look back on my time in my growing up years of You know, just being kind of lost in in the midst of all these brothers and sisters. And I'm grateful now because that's what I help people do. I help them see and hear what is unique about them. So that's that's one of the components I do in the workshops. And then the other one is really understanding the problem you created to solve uh, specifically from that. Um, I think that all of us have been solving the same unique problem since we were five years old. So I help really look at the common thread of the problem you solve and the result you bring that God created you for. So uh, I tie that to um, John 17, where Jesus said, Father, glorify me on earth that I may glorify your name and accomplish the work that you gave me to do. And that's my heart's cry uh, is is I'm just saying, God, glorify me, glorify what you created me for um, so that I can accomplish the work and in turn glorify you. So uh, that's a lot of what I do in the workshop is just help people get that clarity.
2: Well, I love that. You know, there's so many people that have reached out in the in the course of this podcast, and that is definitely a question, Nora, that they just have front of mind is, is, you know, how do I really connect to what is that work that God gave us to do? You know, so somebody listening to this, they're, you know, working out, they're driving their car right now, and they're listening into this conversation. What are what are some practical things that you can help, how you help people get closer to understanding what is that work that they were designed to do?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is um, really going back and identifying your, um, the, the places where you've been impacted the most. And I, I like to like if if you want a starting point, there was a place where you you got hit as a child um, that really affected you, impacted your life. That if you go back and look at that place of pain, there was probably a converse place too. My place of pain was not being seen in a large family. But the other part that was very impactful to me was the high, and that was the closeness that I had in realizing that it's a lot more fun to do life with community and family than it is alone mm. so i I say, look at both, look at the greatest place of pain in your life, but then also look at the greatest place of um, that was really that you really. Uh, loved. There's a place where you go, man. I love that moment when I was in the family, or um, because both of those are key indicators uh, of of how God designed you and and how God uses everything, good and bad, to create what you care most about and what you uh, contribute to the world around you.
2: So when I go through that exercise and I look back and I see that you know the low points where there was conflict or. Or, or the real high points, those bright moments that really stand out. And I start to see some threads on, on kind of both those sides of the coin. Uh, where do you help people take that next?
1: Well, I, 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 I help them connect that to, um, because here's what I say in business. Unfortunately in business, we like to pro- put a product on wh- the thing that we do mm-hmm. like immediately, even in, even in uh, high school, we're, We're asking our kids to go, Okay, well, what product do you want to be a doctor? You want to be a you know, we're actually asking them at a young age to put a product on it. And I say, let's strip that away for right now and just say this in business uh, and in life, we get paid to solve a problem. I get up in the morning and uh, I, I have to go to the bathroom. So some toilet paper company gets paid to render that pro- the solution to that problem. So, But each one of us has a specific problem that we're solving that we actually um, get paid to accomplish. And so if we don't know the problem that we were created to solve and the result we bring, then we're just going to put product on it. So case in point, financial advisors, right? That, that problem that they solve can be a million different things in the realm of finance. They could have had a parent that went bankrupt and they thought, I'm, ne- I'm never going to be in the position where, you know, I'm in that position again, or I'll lose a loved one. Conversely, um, that's what the problem they solve is giving people security. So that's what I do is I can I help. I, I think you need to look at both of those and then connect it to, OK, well, then what in life? as uh, the problem I can actually be uh, contributing to. Does that make sense?
2: No, it makes total sense. Cause that, you know, that's kind of the process I've been through. And, you know, you have so many people that um, are, you know, really trying to connect to, you know, what you're talking about is what is that unique value? What is that unique problem uh, that you solve? And I, and I'm just trying to put my mind in the, you know, everybody listening right now, they're like, you know, how do I really get some clarity on that? So Uh, you know, what I'm curious is as you're walking with people through that process, what are some of the, you know, roadblocks or obstacles that tend to come up as they're trying to think about things this way?
1: Well, the the biggest roadblock is, um, in the work that I do too, is that you have a wonderful foundational belief, but then you have this limiting belief and I call it kind of, you know, you can call it stronghold, whatever you want to call it, but I think that, uh, that Paul said, you know, Lord, take this thorn from my side. And, and Jesus said, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. In that weakness, I am strong. Um, and so I, I think the biggest challenge that I come up against is they, a lot of people don't know what that thing is that they need to be aware of in their life. Um, and that really limits them. If you're not aware of, you know, at least the thorn, which is what's producing you know, the, the the care or why I do what I do or why do I want to see what I do. If you're not aware of that, it just really limits you. It limits you from really reaching your full potential.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. I, you know, I think words like, you know, uh discontent or feeling empty or not feeling fully alive. And it's almost uh, like I don't know what I don't know. And I almost feel like I have to put my finger on that to really... Uh, start to get some clarity on what I'm meant to do. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. And not only that, but it's like I say to this, like it's it's that thing where you just see, you go, you go round and round, and you go, there's a ceiling. I just can't seem to get past this in my life. I just seem to see that over and over in my life, and um, that thing is is the thing that 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 people need to be aware of. Of what is that 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 that's either stopping me that I'm bumping up against or whatever else because that's part of it. What, well,
2: what are some of those things?
1: Well, I mean, uh, it depends on again, my the thing that I bump up against is that uh, I have to, you know, somebody has to sacrifice it all to, in order to make family work, and so it's 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 when you really understand like. Oh, well, how can I have a vision that says where everybody would shine as one, everybody's unique contributions are seen, heard, and honored? Well, if I got this thing that I keep bumping up against, but in order to do that, I have to kill myself to make that happen. Well, h- how am I ever going to fully walk into that if I'm not aware of that?
2: So everybody, we just Skype just failed on us, so the audio will be a little <laughs> bit different here because I'm calling Nora on her cell phone, so... Uh, I just wanted to just pick up on the conversation we were having because I um I'm just thinking about uh, myself and so many people I've worked with. As you get that clarity, uh, Nora, about your unique value, kind of what you're, you have an idea of what you're meant to be doing. Um, You know that can either be applied to what we're doing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know I have a client of mine that had started a a company and it was doing very well. Uh, But when they really, when I asked them, you know, why did you start the company? And all his, all the answers uh, this person gave me were all about, you know, money and he didn't like the situation he was in before. But, you know, this really wasn't the true reason why. And when I asked him, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, what's on, you know, what is on your heart? What's the reason that you started this company that honors what God has called you to do? And honestly, this was a two or three month process. And when we Mm -hmm. finally got to the point where he could answer that question with perfect clarity, uh, what he shared with me is, you know, for the first time in my life, I am so proud of what I'm doing because it was like this convergence happened between who he was, what this business was doing, and actually how this um, was in alignment with his whole life. He was 50 years old, that all the experiences that God had sown into him, who he was, what it, what he wanted to be known for, what he wanted to accomplish in the next five, 10 years, Um so I, I I would love to, as you've worked with so many people, how do you, when you start getting that awareness, that clarity of your unique value and in, in what God created you to do, how do you either map that to what you're doing now? Or ma- like in my case, when I mapped that to what I was doing, and I realized, you know what, this does not line up. So I actually do need to make a bit of a correction, and for me, it was actually uh, a big leap. Uh, quite frankly, so mm-hmm. uh, I would, you know, as as somebody's getting that awareness, and you're working with them, um, what are the conversations that you have with people?
3: Well, when uh, when I, I I think when people really understand, um, you know, when they really can look back on their life and tie all the experiences. Together, good and bad, and what moves them, what drives them, and why they care about what they care about. Um, I, I, I say this is like if you can't find a way to be doing that where you are, then you're in the wrong place. Um, and but for the most part, I would say that um, you you it give when you get the awareness of what that is. I say this is that's the whole point of that is to serve it to the world. If if you just step out to serve it where you are, that gift will make room for itself and bring you before great and mighty men. And so what I think happens a lot of times is we want to circumvent that um, serving our gift to the world in the way we think um, is, like, recognizable, but really if you serve it, doesn't matter if it's to your family, uh, uh, your company, whatever it is. If you if you just serve that where you are right then and there, then that that will inform the next step and the next step and the next step. And pretty soon you'll just be walking in a in a, in a uh, you know a fuller place of of contributing to the world. So I always say this: it's like uh, uh, you know how do you how do you steer a ship? We you, you got to get the ship moving. And so once the ship is moving, then you can inform the, the navigation of the ship. But if the ship's not moving, if you're not serving that, that gift, even in a small way, um, you'll, it'll never inform where, where you're going to go next and next and next and next. So yeah. I just said, serve serve where you are.
2: Well, you know, I think, you know, it, to be an encouragement to people, what I have seen working with people, and I'd love your take on this, Uh, What I have found is most people that are really struggling with trying to get some clarity on these type questions, where God has them right now, whatever profession they're in, their company they're at, what they're doing, uh, a significant majority of the time, this is actually uh, where they were meant to be. It wasn't about making a huge change in their life, but it was really about getting that clarity on who, who they were and then how to take that gift and apply it right where they're at now. And then the results have just been so meaningful. What what, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You you know, again, I, I just think that when we are really, when we really get that, that, that place of impact and that place of significance um, then, then we feel of more value and the, the more we feel valuable and significant, the more we want to give and then, then all of a sudden, we have so many more resources that we didn't think were available to us, but, you know, they show up for you. They they just show up for you when you really are walking in what is important to you. So, yes, I agree with that.
2: So, your website is Revenue Tribe. That's R-E-V-E-N-U-E Tribe.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met because some of my friends had gone through your workshops. And that whole, the outcome for them was having such a deep connection to you know what their purpose was what their unique value was they were able to go out and it just opened up uh, uh i think joy is the word that comes to my mind just people i'm thinking that you've been to your <laughs> workshops you know because yeah. they're operating from such a different place i'd love for you to maybe even just take some some time and just share because i'd love for people to plug into what you're doing um you know what it looks like for somebody you know to go through one of your workshops
3: well, you know um, the the workshops I do I do group and I do uh, individual private workshops and um, it's we I'll, I'll kind of give you the layout of what the workshop looks like because then it gives you it kind of informs what it, it is for as for people but um, the 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 first part of the the workshop is really establishing your vision and so uh, what I want to say about the work that 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 I do in this workshop is. Um, I sat in a room with my with my then business partner for three months, six hours a day, and we asked for the keys to heaven um, to take what what we already knew and put it with what he gave us. And so this work is really simple. God, God just downloaded the simple kind of connections of how to do this. So we start with. Just creating um, an understanding of picking an experience. Um, when we were young, we didn't really understand how to interpret it ourselves, the experience that happened. We didn't have the wherewithal to go, hey, mom, you know, you got a, I got a foster brother and I'm not seen, seen or heard. So how do we work this out? We just didn't have that wherewithal to do that. And so what we do is we find, find out foundationally what your, um, your main experience was, what you interpreted it meaning, and then how did that create a, a the positive effect in your life and your business and your marriage? That's that foundational um, belief. We each have that. Conversely, the limiting belief we also find, or you could call it stronghold, whatever it is, and we identify what that is as well. And then we we do like what I, a closed eye exercise that actually exchanges that limiting belief for um, a, a new belief. And, and it's in, I do a closed eye because you cannot create that which you cannot see. So your original experiences were created in what you could see, but then we have to recreate something that, that God really downloads. Uh, of what he wants you to see for your life. And so that's what creates the new belief, and then we uh, extrapolate the vision from there. Um, and then the second session is all of, around the problem you were created to solve. And so we go back and look at um, – we we all carry this kind of false responsibility as a child and as a teen of our job that we didn't really know we had taken this responsibility. So, you know, my, my job as a child, your job as a teen – we, we each and neatly pick something up that we went oh that's my job my dad my job was to make my dad feel good about himself in the morning uh, when I got up because if dad was felt good about himself all of us got treated well and so uh, we help tie that to the problem you were created to solve um, and same thing with the result you bring what you were pas- passionate about as a child uh, as a teen as an adult and then we tie all those together so that you get uh, a full uh, look at really what you care most about your vision how does that look like with feet on the ground your mission and then when you tie those two together what's those three words that really create what your unique contribution is so that's 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 the session built out for the
2: workshop so you're able to boil all this down to three words yep Wow. Well, what, what are yep. your three words Nora?
3: i have i boil them on down to one So, my vision is that we would all shine as one. That's my vision. Um, My mission statement is I help uh, people rediscover their unique contribution and how to create a culture of honor that can make a greater impact for the kingdom of God on earth. My unique contribution is honor.
2: Honor. Wow, that's a powerful word. Mm -hmm. There's so many places you can go with that.
3: Yeah, so that's kind of what we do. And so, when I can, and I think that's what brings joy is like, When I can help people boil down simplistically um, to that level, I don't have to carry all of this, you know, I don't have to walk around anymore going like, okay, so what do I do in this this environment? What do I do in this family? What do I do in this business? I just have to know I create a culture of honor. Now, I can do that in a million different ways. And I can put a lot of products on I've been in advertising and marketing. I've built four different business groups. And that's the whole thing I did was the product to look a little different. But in reality, what I was doing is, hey, do you know who you are? Do you know who he is? And can we really create a community of honor?
2: Well, it sounds like what you're doing, what, what you get out of going through this process is you have such clarity about not only who you are, but how you need to operate. But now I have... Um, I have this filter to apply everything to. Mm-hmm. And that starts to make, you know, all these decisions that we have to make in our life and what we're doing professionally oh, or really. what we're doing with the kids or in, you know, with nonprofits or somebody calls us and just wants to have a meeting on our calendar. It's almost like, is this what I'm about to say yes or no to essential and in alignment to this clarity that I've gotten to what how God wired me and what he wants me to be doing?
3: Absolutely, because here's what I say. If I'm in business and I have to do my marketing branding, I have to be able to be clear and concise about what the result is and what I actually do. Mm-hmm. That That's what it is. And, and, and so I when I go into any given situation, the foundation of what I do in, in everything is that message. And so when pe- when I I say when people really know that, then there's just so much more clarity in their relationships and in a business and being able to just communicate something, one simple thing. This
2: is what I do. Yeah, because mine is, you know, if I've boiled it all down, it's to equip and inspire leaders to work in God's kingdom. And everything Mm. I do, I look at it and say, does that help me move that forward in my life? Because that's that's the marching orders that I know that God has given me. Um, It allows me to say yes to things. I've said no to things that could have been lucrative, uh, could have been Mm -hmm. really... Especially the, you know, who I was before the accident that would have really fed my ego, uh, that in the past I would have signed up for in a heartbeat. But now I actually have a way. And I got to tell you the peace that comes out of that, being able to say not only yes, but no, and know why you're saying those things, Mm -hmm. you know, how I want to work with people, uh, where I'm going to spend my time, uh, for me has been one of the biggest gifts that's come out of this, this last four year journey that I've been on.
3: That's Awesome. Yeah, you are, uh, and you really carry, uh, you just inspire hope. Like, I, I, I hear that so eloquently in your words and in your spirit, and I just so, I I so appreciate that.
2: Well, thank you for saying that, Nora. I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, You know, as, as we wrap up here, you know, people have been listening to this. They've been hearing us talk about, uh, you know, some of these big picture concepts about vision and purpose and value and gifts and, you know, what are just some final thoughts you'd just love to leave with uh, the people listening?
3: Um, I think the biggest thing is that God sees you. You know, He sees you and He hears you and He knows you, and He knows each one of us by name. You know, I love I love that scripture that said that that says what what's eternal salvation, and and Jesus said that you would know Him. Mm. And conversely, because the scripture that said, you know, hey, Jesus, I prophesied in your name, I healed the sick, I did all this, and he said, oh, away from me, I did not know you. And I just, I want people to know two things, is that God is a God that is to be known. And the second thing is that he wants you to know that you are as well. You are worth being known. And there is there's unique individual specific things to, that are about you that he sees that he wants you to see because that's where the co-laboring comes in. He's not a God that wants to be the God that rules over everything. He wants to be a God in relationship. And so I think if I left anybody, anything is, is to know God and but then be known by God. Hmm.
2: You know, I think we leave that out a lot, don't we, Nora? Is the be known by God part. I was always trying to figure out who God was, um, seeking him, and, and then through that not really looking at this as almost a you know, a two way relationship. Uh, I you know, before this accident, I never got to the point where I felt like I had any kind of personal relationship with w- with Christ. And in, in doing so, I never really connected to any of these things we've been talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think and I think that's what I'm most proud of that my work does. It's like, you know, I try to put a tangible thing on that, you know, it, it impacts your revenue when you know who you are. Or you can create tribe when you know, you know, a culture of honor when you know who you are. But I think at the end of the day, the reason that it brings joy to so many people is, you know, who are you, God, that you are mindful of me?
0: Mm.
3: And when I can really help people go, no, do you see how uniquely you've been made And they can connect that with, wow, God sees me, I'm important, I'm significant, I'm valuable. Um, It changes them. It just changes them. They're not a random thought anymore.
2: Yeah, and to to realize that the God of the universe cares about you as a person individually and, and sees those things in you that you're not even seeing in yourself Uh, It's like having that one person in your life who you just love to just get that, you know, that accolade from or to be your mentor. But every one of us already has that in Christ, don't we?
3: Yeah, and I always say I'm kind of looking at uh, a possibility of going to high school. And I say this, for high schoolers, for anybody, when we get who we are, when we get how uniquely we're made, there is no greed. There's no jealousy. There's no anger. There's no bitterness. There's no war. There's no bullying. There's no cliques and gangs and drugs that make us feel get better about ourselves. There is none of that when we really, really get that. And uh, that's my heart. My heart's cry.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Nora or her workshops, just go to our show notes at eternalleadership.com slash 096. That's eternalleadership.com slash 096 or look for that link in the summary of this mp3 on your smartphone tablet or computer as i said at the top this edition of eternal leadership has been brought to you by marketplace rock is there something that feels like it's blocking your business the team at marketplace rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer john and i can't recommend the team at marketplace rock highly enough in fact our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week Visit them online at marketplacerock.com or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes four and 66, marketplacerock.com. Next time on Eternal Leadership, the president and CEO of Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, Terrence Chapman.
2: In my approach, people uh, are the most valuable resource of an organization. And so it's not the first action is to take employees and cut them. The idea is is to look at your productivity levels, your efficiency levels. But in some cases, uh, we may look at, uh, well, how do we now transform some of the activities uh, that these employees may be involved in in order to uh,
0: raise our bottom line and raise our efficiencies and productivity? For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.